And I was like, I was like, yo, dude, have you heard this shit? And he was like, no, listening to it right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, spread it. Spread it. Spread it around. It is crazy though, because you're not looking for something like that. And then no, someone yeah. tells you, and you're like, wait, did you say Danger Mouse and Black Thought dropping right. an album? Like, yeah. No way, dude. And then like Ray Kwan, on there, you got MF Doom. Like, what the? Well, how do I not know? Wasn't Method Man on the tracks too? Yeah, it's I, I, I love it. And we are live. <laughs> you guys timed that nice. out perfectly for me. Thank you. Welcome nice. Nice segue. to Pixel Pints. We are the only global gaming podcast that covers two great things, which is good beer and video games. I'm your host, Mitch. McWomble is away today, so I will be hosting for you this morning in what area time zone you're in, and sometimes evening if you're in another time zone. But... I am joined by an esteemed panel of excellent friends and what we call ourselves professional uh, interpreters of the games industry, right? Uh, I, uh, joining me from Las Vegas, I got Burkoff. How you doing? Not too bad, man. Uh, I couldn't make it last week because um, I had friends in town and we went, uh, instead of going out for New Year's Eve, we went out for New Year's Eve Eve. And uh, when we went live last week, I probably still would have been intoxicated. That's okay. So. You just didn't want, you just didn't want to one be disappointed on your game of the year, and then two, <laughs> you also uh, did not want to be last in the uh, in the draft. So I, I feel you. I did watch it though. I thought it was funny because uh, Keith was like, "Oh, Matt's gonna love this beer." I'm gonna, you know, when he watches this, and then like halfway through the episode, he's like, "Yeah, it's not that good." <laughs> As he does. Joining us all the way from Japan, where it's Happy Halloween, but not. It's game over. I don't understand <laughs> the other half. And also, why aren't you cleaning your board? Evan Piotrowski. Yeah. <laughs> like, I bought this. Bla I spent a lot of money on this blackboard wallpaper, and I haven't changed that. Well, it says 1112. Oh, is that Which what is it the says? second time. It looks like half. What, like one in a one in a two. I don't see, I don't see the double one. And I remember writing hap the hap initially the Happy Halloween before Halloween, so that's been there for over almost three months now. Uh, eventually, these pictures are going to replace it. So why did I spend money on the chalkboard wallpaper? I'm not sure. But, because um, you wanted to yeah. amp up our production value for Halloween episode. We appreciate it. <laughs> Just this, yeah, I paid like four hundred bucks or whatever it was for a single <laughs> single episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, go big I'm doing we well. Go home. <laughs> I got back from the States last night. I was traveling for over 24 hours. Fought it and fought it. Was able to hold out until midnight so I could get solid seven hours of sleep, try to reset my clock. I'm still tired. But um, yeah, before the wedding, we wanted Her Majesty to meet my family. So we did it with uh, Christmas with my mom's family. So it's like six siblings cousins there's like 35 people there and then new year's with my dad's side of the family uh, a smaller event but um yeah imagine spending 10 straight days almost two weeks with your in-laws and you didn't you weren't it wasn't your native language so she held her own she did a really really nice job and i'm happy she met my family and pretty much everyone like we the whole checklist of people she met almost everyone it was a uh, yeah, it was like a comprehensive uh, 
this is where I come from type of journey for her. So uh, awesome. shout out to Her Majesty for for that. And uh, yeah, I gained only two kilos, which is surprising considering <laughs> I ate and drank everything in sight. I was just drinking all day and eating all day. It was amazing. That two kilos um, is all cheese, dude. Yeah. <laughs> all them cheese. In the morning, I'm not even kidding. In the morning, I'd sit at my uh, kitchen table in my parents' house, and I would just, with a knife, I had a, a thing of Usinger Sausage, which is a Milwaukee sausage company, mm-hmm. and a block of mild cheddar, yeah. and with a knife, and i just slice it off and eat. That's what I had yep. for breakfast almost every day. It was nice. so good. It's a Wisconsin tradition. It's, it's, it's a... Yep. True, true, true dude, Wisconsinite through and through. <laughs> there is no cereal at the supermarket. That in, in this in in the breakfast aisle, it's just sausage and cheese. That's the only thing we we consume. Uh, you get a little chaser as well as well after you finish your milk when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Little uh little PBR chaser. Yeah, it's growing up in Wisconsin. So and uh, yeah, and we what we call Her Majesty from doing all that work for you. We call that wife material. Moving on to joining us from across the pond instead, of, but the other way. And that is Liam. How you doing? Well, I'm doing good. Um, not quite as exciting a holiday period, but <laughs> I'm still had a good time. So I feel refreshed and ready for 2023. I, as we are well if you don't know who we are we are pixel pines we cover games and beer with our people all across the globe if you want to follow us on twitter we are at pixel underscore pints or on instagram at pixel pints pod we stream live on twitch.tv slash pixel pints every single weekend practically and if you want to know when we go live follow us on twitter and then we'll post when we go live and boom you can watch us on on uh on twitch.tv slash pixelpites, but we also archive all our episodes on YouTube and on uh, and on podcast servicers around the globe. Um, you also can join us in the chat like Swanland is joining us right now. Survived a crazy oh. storm. Interesting to know. Uh, <laughs> morning is where I gained all my weight from Christmas. Interesting. Um, all right. Uh, but... Uh, no beers and brews are not sponsoring us. We implore you all to drink responsibly. But we always start the show with some beer talk. Now, who's got beverages? Because I got some too. Um, I don't have anything fancy, but um, I did get so Pabst Blue Ribbon. They're doing these like uh, fancy art cans. So I picked up a 12 pack of Paps. That's what I'll be drinking tonight. Nice, nice. I feel like they're the they're the quintessential millennial beer company, because like that's the type of uh, stuff that like Surge and uh, all the sodas that we drank like back in the nineties. They would do like fancy can designs and you know different artwork and stuff. And so it's kind yeah. of funny that now that I'm older, the beer that I like to drink is doing that. I got a Fever Tree um, Premium Ginger Beer. Okay. I've actually never had ginger beer, so I thought I'd give it a shot. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. We don't, we have that over here. Let's see how this goes. That's nice. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to spill it on the keyboard. Yep. 
Don't worry, I dodged it all. This is this is this, <laughs> this is what happens when we do over a hundred episodes. We get good at this stuff. <laughs> Let's see if it's okay now. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. I was completely off the keyboard. It was off my new mat. I got a nice. so we did a secret Santa at at work, and uh, um, one of my items I got was a LED, um, uh, basically like mat for my computer for basically my keyboard. Um, okay. it's all around the rim. It, it, it's led lights. So it's pretty nice. So I didn't want to get it on that cause it's just brand new and it's, it's, I don't want to yeah. have to clean that shit. Hmm. Okay. Definitely you, taste all the ginger. Holy cow. It is ginger. Um, oh, by the way, can you see, um, McWomble's reflection in my Suspiria poster? <laughs> Yes, I can. I'm gonna keep him up there. He's here. here he's <laughs> with us in spirit. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so I, I brought several beers home uh, from the states, and uh, at the airport, both of my TSA locks broke. Oh. And shit. I had I had wrapped beer in there, so a guy had to come over and wrap my entire suitcase in cellophane tape. <laughs> and I just watched it like get checked in and go down the little conveyor belt, and like. Pray well, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, luckily they were all saved. I wish I could have brought back more, um, but today I'm drinking uh, Capital Breweries Wisconsin Amber. Nice, nice. Uh, this is Capital Brewery, so I'm guessing it's from Madison. No, it's from Middleton, Wisconsin. Probably Middleton. I don't yeah. know where that is. I think that is just outside of Appleton. You know what? I was thinking that because Appleton is almost smack dab in the middle of Wisconsin. And I know that because I was born there. And so was Willem Dafoe. That's your Appleton. My my Wisconsin, godparents live uh, in Appleton. Kid. So I visit there oh, nice. very often. Yeah, it's right on the lake. You know, by the way, Minneapolis or Minnesota is the, the land of 10,000 lakes. Wisconsin has more than 10,000 lakes. So uh, we should uh, we should well, we should be called the dairy state and also the state of Ten thousand likes, but no, no, you it wouldn't say, fit on the license plate. No, yeah. it should be, uh, it should be, the dairy state and more lakes than Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah, actually, yeah, and that's then, and then Minnesota, even though it has ten thousand lakes, it's like nine thousand shitty lakes. Okay, so Swanland lives just outside of St. Paul. Um, was <laughs> Swanland? I lived in Minneapolis for four and a half years. I absolutely loved it. I love. Uh, Minnesota, so uh, no hard feelings, please. Okay, so this is a got your. Uh, let's see the bulletin points here. Deep amber, amber color, multi caramel with a balanced finish. It is twenty eight IBUs, so that's kind of seems kind a little bitter. high for yeah. for an amber. Yeah, five point two percent alcohol by volume, and I've been drinking a little bit of it here. Um, yeah, it's uh, got a nice got a nice color to it got that reddish kind of dark amber color hence the name and uh let's see yeah nice sweet caramel as uh i used to say caramel but then i been around too many brits and i, I changed the way i say it but uh <laughs> mm. yeah it's good it's solid i had way too many ipas when i was in the states i just got overwhelmed i was buying six packs here and there and drinking all these session 7.5% <laughs> IPAs. So 
it's actually nice to have something that even though it is 5.2%, it's light, it's sweet. Uh, it does have a bitterness to it with that kind of a bit higher in uh, IBUs. But uh, yeah, this is a nice, nice drinkable amber beer. And it's it's a nice um, kind of palate cleanser between all these heavier beers that I've been having. Not the best amber I've had. It's not a knock your socks off type of beer. But uh, yeah, Capital Breweries, Wisconsin Amber. It's it's pretty good. I got some other beers in the fridge, but I'm going to save that for another time. I got Two Hearted. Bell's Two Hearted in the fridge. One of my favorite beers. You've talked Bell's about that before, from Michigan. Yeah. yeah. I'll do that maybe next next time. But yeah, this is this is solid. I, I like it. All right. Now to the topic of the day. We skip Liam, but he's probably not drinking this early. <laughs> we already know Liam doesn't drink on the show. Like I, yeah, no, I as, no. as an insightful host, I already anticipated and was ready for this. You ruined my transition, it's, Burkoff. It's difficult Sorry. to do on keto. Just uh, there isn't many options, and sure. the options that are there aren't the best. If you don't feel like drinking them that often, yeah. I know Liam okay. will drink when he will state it as like the first thing as soon as we say like does anybody got beers liam would be like i actually am drinking this time yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so that's fair um also this ginger beer is, is giddy about it yeah i was gonna say this also is a non-alcoholic beer i believe this ginger beer so i think it has a small amount usually ginger beer has like uh half a percent or one percent or something I'm trying to i don't see it on here I don't think they have to list it. Have any alcohol in the UK? I don't think they have to list it if it's under uh, four or five percent. Yeah. Interesting. Oh well. Um, but anyway, okay. Back to the topic. The topic of the show today is we did our we did our you know our awards. Some people were upset. That's okay. We'll talk about it later. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. But we did do one award, which was most anticipated game, which went to Final Fantasy 16. But, you know, everyone gets a say on like what their what their most anticipated game is. And I think it was a ample time to start the year off fresh, hot, sexy by just going, what is your personal most anticipated game for this year? And then also we're going to go with bold predictions after this. Um We'll get to that later. But first, we're going to do a around the room of our most highly anticipated game for ne- uh, for next year. If you have a runner-up, we can, we can have a runner-up. But uh, but I'm just going to go straight to Evan. Whoa. What is <laughs> your most anticipated game of, ne- of this year? Uh, I think it was on – I had uh, listed it in the category – does anyone does anyone want to take a stab if you remember? <laughs> well, don't ask me. You sent it to me. I know what it is. <laughs> it is the sequel to one of like a top 20 of all time game. It's not even that. confirmed to come out this year, dude. <laughs> yes, well, not confirmed, but they did drop a 2023 uh, release window in August. All right, we're wasting time here. It is a sequel to Blasphemous. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blasphemous 2. So, uh, for, I mean, I don't know. Not a lot of people on this show had played this game, so a bit of, um, bit of history. So, Blasphemous, the original, is a game 
by the Game Kitchen. It's a Spanish studio in Seville, Spain, I believe. And uh, their first game was called The Last Door, and it was initially kickstarted in 2013, and then they released some episodes up until 2016. And then the Kickstarter for Blasphemous 1 uh, started in uh, 20... Oh, shoot, I have the information here. 2017. And the game released two years later. I believe it was a three-year uh, from pre-production to release, a three-year cycle. It released in September of 2019. Uh, it was kickstarted by fewer than 10,000 people for about $333,000. Obviously, they've had, they had help throughout the... Uh, uh, I believe a publisher picked them up and they got some help there. But uh, so a game like Tears of the Kingdom, um, Zelda, it's similar to Matt Kyle of Game Face when he had talked about how Spider-Man 2 is not his most anticipated because it's more of a known quantity for him. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom isn't necessarily a known quantity for me because I'm really worried about how the game is going to perform on the switch given in 2017 you know in in places like the the lost woods and kakariko village um breath of the wild chugged a bit that's not make or break for me with that game uh neither are graphics as long as the game is good but um in the case of blasphemous it's not necessarily a known quantity it's more of a they imagine a studio just saying they, they they have an idea and they're like, okay, we're going to make a Metroidvania. We, we know we're going to make a Metroidvania. There's plenty out there to look at and, and, and take ideas from. And then they launch a Kickstarter for it. And then they just proceed to like a completely knock it out of the park in terms of pixel art, art design, uh, even story is great. Uh, it's not necessarily like a bloodborne type thing but it, it is a bit esoteric in a lot of ways but the dlc that came out free by the way they released three deal uh free dlcs from 2020 to 2021 which i thought is pretty awesome the final dlc really wrapped up the story in a in a in a way that made more sense imagine if like a souls game finally like sat down and explained exactly what's going on instead of everyone like parsing information releasing youtube videos and stuff like that but um yeah, so they, they knock it out of the park immediately. And so a team that can have their like first try at a, at a genre or a subgenre, whatever you want to call Metroidvania, for them to play to make a game that plays that well, like the, the combat is hyperlight drifter, tier, deliberate. The parry window is perfect. It has a level of challenge that you it, it, it it's not cheap in any way when you die well if you're not climbing ladders when you die it's your fault and they just somehow just make this amazing game from the from the get-go uh which leads me to believe that like they've learned a lot from this initial crack at a metroidvania it's amazing that it was as good as it was considering it was like their first metroidvania um kind of action platformer game and so like that's why i'm anticipating that is is the promise of what they've learned from that um and another interesting thing is i played the game late i played it about a year after it came out in consoles and i ended up looking at a a playthrough 
that was like the first, the initial build. And a lot of the backgrounds in the initial build, it surprised me because they had iterate, they added stuff to the game in patches way later. A lot of the backgrounds were flat. And I think we've seen pixel, like not all pixel art is created equal. Uh, there's a difference between pixel art that looks flat and then one that just like, it's really, really difficult, but it creates like 3D. It makes it look 3D. It's It, it, it feels rounder. And um, looking at what it used to be, even on launch in 2019 and what they did to the game uh, a year later, they have, you can tell they've learned so much about how to create backgrounds and add to a, a project. So I'm just sky high for this game. There's a stinger at the end of the Wounds of Eventide, the final DLC that adds an, a, another final boss and answers a lot of questions people had. And at the very end of the game, it has this like Marvel style stinger at the end. It's like, whoa, this blows the doors open for the possibilities in terms of story. But yeah, it's um, really, really looking forward to it. And yeah, I just, uh... but as Mitch said, I don't know if it's going to come out this year. So we will see if it needs more time in the cooker. That That's fine. But yeah, Blasphemous 2 is my most anticipated. Well, to give you some ease of maybe your nervousness about Tears of the Kingdom, um, my feeling is because they had to make it for not only Switch, but for Wii U, might have had hindrance to some of the back-end side of developing that game, which could cause some hiccups for the Switch itself. So, Oh, re- referring to Breath of the Wild when that, yep. when that came out. Yeah, sure. that, that, it, might, it might run better. I also have some nervousness, especially since I saw Pokemon and how bad that came out. Um, but different teams. Different yeah. teams, yeah. yet they're, they're pushing you, the hardware. You wonder, they're pushing you the wonder hardware. if like the main... Uh, I mean, the, uh, look at Pokemon, ahead, then man. look at Breath of the Wild, and then look at Xenoblade Chronicles, like... Okay, yeah, Liam. I mean, yeah, so developers have like a year to work on these games, and you know. Yeah, have, and they've had they, much they more time. More staff and more time and more everything. Yeah. Do, do you think like the the team working on uh, um, Tears of the Kingdom, they saw Xenoblade Chronicles three like a build of it, and they called them up like, "All right, how how did you do that? You need to help us, please," well, because well, I'm playing that game and it's pretty impressive. Luckily for them, the team behind Xenoblade is actually involved in uh, the well. They were involved in the development of Breath of the Wild, and they're involved in the development of Tears of the Kingdom. So, so I, my, hopefully, my... they'd have all of their resources available to them. That's Monolith That's Soft, great. right? Yeah, Monolith Soft. Yeah. yeah. And most of the time, anyway. Most, uh, especially early in the development process, you take the time to to meet with different teams to see what what not one what they're working on, but to kind of exchange notes of being like. How'd you do that? Yeah. And they like let you know, and that's what you use in your early pre-production phase before you start wrapping up into production. So like once you're in production, then there isn't really much time to really do that kind of thing. Whereas that's what you happen in between projects. So get those get those pipelines down. Wait, Wait a minute, Mitch. No, Marcus. Mitch on the Mitch on the previous episode, someone had said like, oh, did a. Uh, did Santa Monica call up Naughty Dog and 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 talk to them about the accessibility stuff? And you were like, no comment. And your comment now just kind of makes me believe that maybe that's that's, that's a <laughs> I mean, I mean, what, uh, what, what, I mean, what I can what I can tell you is, you know, there are there you can hear the exact same audio cues in some in some of the button inputs in God of War Ragnarok than in The Last of Us. So, in, interesting. 
um, shout out to Justin Mullins who made those. Those are amazing. Um, did a great job on those when he worked on those on T2. Um, anyway, uh, Burkoff, what is your most anticipated? Oh. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to, this is going to suck for the audio listeners, but I'm going to do a visual thing first. I'm going to see if you guys can guess it. Can you see the, uh, the photo? Starfield. <laughs> Starfield would be the one, but uh, I wanted to pick something else because I figured that was too obvious. Okay, so it's a man in a there's tree. A, yeah, there's no, a person climbing a tree with like uh, Chinese characters. Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's plenty of tree climbing in Banjo Kazooie, right? Oh, I, I think I know. Is it that game Wo Long? No, not not Wo Long. Um, You're very Chinese close. Made game um, Black yeah. Wukong. Uh, yes. Man. Yeah, that Hi. monkey, that yeah. monkey kung fighter. The monkey elf. king's amazing adventures. Yeah, journey sure. to the west. Sure, Burkoff loves the the tale, the journey to the west story. Uh, wait, I, uh, yeah, oh, wait, hold on. Clarification: nice is, is this the one? There's two different ones that are kind of similar. It's is this is not the one that's being that Souls one that's coming out this year. That's that's early this you're, year. You're or are you talking about the one, one that's made by a Chinese developer? Are you talking it's, about yeah, that one? Yeah, it's the Chinese. It's the Chinese game. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, that one yeah, looks neat. I don't know if it's coming out this actually, year. Actually, well, I think that it is. I think that they were. There's yeah, something they, that I they, read. They slapped the 2023 release date on it. Yeah. I mean, anybody so, although, anything. Bear, bear in mind, no, no, none of these amazing-looking Chinese games have seen release yet. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> anyone can slap 2023 on something and right, call it a day. <laughs> so, out of all of them, I feel like this one's like the the most impressive. The most uh, looks like it's the most put together. Um, I feel like it has the the best chance of coming out, and I'm really excited about it. it, it yeah, because like that game, uh, Crimson Desert looks pretty awesome. That's a Korean game, right? I remember when that was supposed uh, to come out in 2021. Right. Yeah, I want to see that come out eventually. <laughs> I'm sorry, Burkoff. Uh, I, I like the game, but I just it's it's I think it's a nice vertical slice. I don't I mm, don't know if it's a full game yet. I don't know if it's a full game yet. Might not be, um, but yeah, in lieu of just being like, well, I'm, I'm interested in uh, Starfield, you know, <laughs> I, I figured I would figure I would, I would pick something else uh, to bring to the table. And I've been looking forward to that, honestly, since the first trailer that I saw, like the first footage that they released. It does look um, really good. I'm, I'm excited for that one, too. Yeah. And I don't think that it'll be like Souls-like or anything like that. I think it's just going to be third-person action. Yeah, um, I mean, I like Enslaved was one of my like Dark Horse favorite like games to play. Yeah, and then yeah, and this one gave me that vibe, except uh, different, which I liked. Right. Yeah. So that's my that's my pick. Liam. I mean, uh, I think I've already spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> a few times um and most people are surprised it's not hogwarts legacy but and what what i'm really annoyed i have to pick this because uh the way i'm gonna have to say it is gonna annoy the hell out of me uh, thanks thanks michael <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's 16 fantasy final clearly <laughs> clearly from a very long franchise that, that people care very much about um yeah it's that fantasy final um, yeah, I'm, I'm outrageously excited for this game. Um, and, and it just makes me happy to feel this excited about a Final Fantasy game again. 
because um, before Seven Remake came out, you know, it's sort of like that thing where you go into it with trepidation and you're like, oh man, I hope this is good, but, but it might not be, and it may ruin all of my fond memories of the original. Um, um, but yeah, it was great, and I, I love that game, and I can't wait for the sequel. And Final Fantasy is just uh, on, it's, it's finally surging back into the annals of video games in a way that it should have been the past 10, 15 yeah. years. Are you, are you a fan of 15 Fantasy Final? Um, I haven't given it enough time. I, I tried okay. to play it before and and uh, did not succeed. Evan has been trying to get me to give it another chance. and uh, He sort of blew my mind when he told me, you just need to hold down this button and the game <laughs> plays for you. I was like, ah, okay. Yeah, I, I could work with that. I mean, you could hold down the <laughs> yeah, button, but you also true. can press it, and it is as satisfying as pressing as holding. First you got to press it, and then you got to hold it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Some pro tips? I mean, I'm, I'm, with, um, I'm with you 100%. I think you know, Final Fantasy 16 is really shaping up like there's just it's yeah. got the vibe of the old final fantasies yet has yeah. the has the has the mechanics of a modern final fantasy that i like um i know burkoff will forever hate it that it's not <laughs> turn-based mechanics but i yeah. am so happy we're away from that and we're evolving into something greater um if, if burkoff wants to play games with turn-based combat he can play other games that are out <laughs> Well, you, you know, Mitch, if, if if you could give me the choice right now of the game be an action game or we'll switch back to turn base right now. <laughs> because you're playing Persona 5. Um, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, it's a different game. And quite honestly, um, uh, I'm, this is going to be um, controversial, but I, I would say a lot of the turn based stuff in Persona 5 is a little bit overrated. Okay. I would say. Um, it's not the strongest part of the game, in my opinion. It could lose a lot of work. I hope Persona 6 does a bit of work to make it a bit better. But um, but yeah, if, if I could have a Final Fantasy game with turn-based combat, I would take that without a second thought. As, as, under, as underwhelmed as I am with Shin Megami Tensei 5 as a whole... The combat is really good, and uh, like the strategy that you have to think about going into like the boss fights, like who like who makes up your team and like what spells you have and all that kind of stuff. It really, even if you know the pattern of the boss going into it, it's still there's like a tension that's there. I, like, I was gonna, you know, yeah. I was gonna say the same strategy. thing with the Persona Five, like. That, that the combat maybe seem as in essence simplistic in in the ways of like it's basically figure out their 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 weakness make them stagger but then when you get to do like an all out i think is what the move is called where you basically like all yeah. like do every time i don't know why it's like the sound it's the visual it just feels good every time that it actually doesn't get boring and I don't know why. Like it's just really, just really well thought out and really done in that way. That like it's it one of the most stylish UI does 
it's one of the most stylish UI designs in video games. I think that definitely that helps. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just think the music, the the stylistic, the audio, everything yeah. kind of just works in the combat. So when you do an all out, it just feels so good. Like it just, it, you could do it forever and it would feel good. And the music's just really good too. So like the music, yep. like it's same thing with like people hate Final Fantasy. Oh, which one is it? Final Fantasy 13 is lightning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People hate Final Fantasy 13. I think the music for the combat is some of the best music of all Final Fantasy. It's really good. Um, yeah. It is I, good. I, mean, I, I don't hate 13. I, I just think it didn't live up to its... Ex, well, it didn't live up to expectations and it didn't live up to its um, potential. It almost had too, I think, too unrealistic of expectation, though. It was pretty. It was pretty. Oh, no. no. I, I don't think so. No, yeah. Um, well, one of the things this was that that was the start of Final Fantasy storylines becoming way too convoluted, and them doing that weird thing where they don't even put the like they don't give you the full context of the story in the actual video game. It's like you have to go outside to external materials to figure everything out, and it's just like yeah, maybe in Japan that's acceptable, but it sure as hell ain't acceptable over here in the West. Um, yeah, like the one thing that I will say about sixteen, even if I'm not excited that it's action combat, um, it it's not part of the Fabula Nova Crystallis stuff, which is all of thirteen and fifteen. Um, and I think what you're saying, Liam, is one of the biggest uh, issues with fifteen is it still holds on to that where. Like yeah. the the story, even even like even though the plot is pretty basic, it's a guy going for you know the prince going for his princess and okay whatever. But like all the other stuff that surrounds it and like all the different factions and having to learn what the hell you know is actually going on in terms of the the war that they're fighting and all that kind of crap is like yeah. Well, I think it suffered Wait. the same thing of thirteen, which was it's in the game. It's just a lot of writing. You have to. It's read. not. Yeah, it's not easy it's, to parse. It's, it's basically, you have to read a novel before you play the game in the game to understand the material. Which I get it. I just the only reason why I say I thought it was I thought it had super hype up is I before like I played Final Fantasy VIII as a kid for a little bit, and then I just like couldn't beat it because I was just too young to like figure out games and stuff like you know early early on in the younger days when you try to beat a video game and you really don't know how to beat it and you just try your best um i think like the farthest i got in eight was after the dance scene it was very early it was like the dance scene from graduation like that's that's how far i got and i didn't know to go on the train to like go through that part so like i literally got yeah (laughs) very early you didn't like drawing magic for Eight fucking hours. Yeah, you didn't like that. <laughs> no, no, no. And so, then not, 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 not being able to use magic because you needed it high numbers to to be linked with your equipment. You yeah, didn't, yeah, yeah. You didn't appreciate. Yeah. That? So, okay. um, so yeah. So going into thirteen, it seemed as if at least in the like a mindset of a person that didn't play Final Fantasy, like this was going to be the biggest Final Fantasy ever in the history and one of the best video games in the history of video games because one, it looked amazing in the trailers it had for it because of how good looked it looked and it was coming out for like you know xbox 360 and playstation and it's like 3d and all that it's just like it just was it it seemed like something with too high of expectations that it was going to not make it no matter what but it also didn't help itself in the process they they focused heavily on the visual flair yeah 
and not enough on uh, the level design and not not the way that the levels look or anything like that because they look amazing like when you're in those areas but it's basically you walk down a hallway for 15 hours and then oh here's an open section for five hours and then you're back to hallways <laughs> you know what i mean no no i totally get you and i think also like it was you know early on showing what the gameplay they thought it was going to be with the combat it was way more stylistic than it ended up being um i think i remember yeah. i remember she like running across the area and jumping over and shooting these people and it looked like a movie but then you could see like the ui popping up of like them taking damage and it was i was like oh is this how the game's gonna play like oh and then it's like no that's not how the game's gonna play uh, there was a uh there's a guy i don't know if you remember the spoonie one from the spoonie experiment he had uh, yeah, yeah. and i love this because it's really true he had likened the combat in 13 he said it's the difference between playing in an uh, nfl game and coaching one mm-hmm. because you're no, actually not of the, playing the, the game because of, what was it the paradigm shift paradigm, yeah. paradigm shift paradigm. Tri- yeah yeah and i was like oh that is actually in a perfect analogy because it really is that difference you are coaching them on what they're doing you're not actually a single character playing, playing it yeah, yeah. It, uh, it took a while to figure that that's what you need to do this is an interesting system yeah i do Maybe like the system the, set up the macros ahead of time mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's good uh, liam i had a question for you um what was the last final fantasy game that you enjoyed and what particularly about 16 are makes you excited for it um the last final fantasy game i enjoyed uh was probably crisis core um i didn't like okay. 12 very much um which I, I must say is a much better game since they remastered it with the zodiac age yeah, the original yeah. game was just way too grindy and you just mm. lost interest and got bored before the game got good and i was one of those people um and before that it was 10 uh, 10 I, I love 10 it's one of my favorite games of all time um <laughs> it's nice they're bringing back crisis core as well of course um but the reason i'm excited for 16 is uh, the talent behind it it's like um i i was happy when it turned out that Namura <laughs> and Toriyama weren't involved in this game, because <laughs> you had your chance, as, get out of here. As, as much as I respect those guys and love them, um, I, I I think they need to sort their shit out. And, and luckily, it le- seems as though they are slowly but surely sorting their shit out. It, the the creative team behind sixteen seems to be more minded in the way of developing classic. Final Fantasy games, where it's like, oh, first and foremost, we want to tell a good story, and then we want to put a fun experience on top of that, you know. And it's not—it's like, like you guys said earlier, it's not about the graphics, and it's not about the spectacle. <laughs> Although, I mean, sixteen looks to have those things in spades, and I'm just so excited about it going back to medieval times or a medieval sort of setting um I, i'm excited for the story i've loved the trailers so far they they always just give you just enough to get excited they tease like the relationships between the characters how the world's politics works what direction it's going you know it's a lot of mysteries and intrigue and even teasing how the gameplay systems are going to work and after 
7 remake, I'm, I'm very excited. And it's got the freaking gameplay director to Devil May Cry 5 working on the game. And I, I mean, this is like uh, a match made in heaven. <laughs> you know, if, if it's not going to be turn-based, that, that's the best possible action fantasy final game they could make. <laughs> can, uh, I, could I, 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 may, can... I may have forgotten a few times. Like, <laughs> can I, can I tell you uh, one reservation I have about the game? Yeah, go for it. The kid voice actor is Hugo. Oh, well... Um, and all I know. hear in his voice, I just hear, Amicia! Amicia! <laughs> I might have to oh, play this game... I might have to play this game in Japanese uh, just to make sure that I don't get that voice actor. Because well, I, luckily, hear the, I hear the you, child Mitch. clear as day. <laughs> yeah, l luckily for you, Mitch, I mean, it's kind of obvious if you watch the trailers a bit. That kid's gonna fucking Oh, die he dies first. right away. Thank the fucking... <laughs> yeah. Like, that was the one thing I was like, thank God he's getting killed off very quickly because I do not want to... No offense to the, the voice actor at all. I'm just... I did not enjoy my... You know, one of my most disappointed was Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, and so I just... It wouldn't be a... It wouldn't be a Final Fantasy game. Sorry, fantasy final game without cringy children voice actors. Yeah. Nope. Oh my god. No, they did it. They did it just for you, Mitch. They're like, we need to turn this guy's mind around. Let's uh, let's uh, what what do they say in 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 restaurants? I want to say sixty nine, but that is not it. You sixty eight, <laughs> something off the <laughs> okay the menu. What? Okay. No, no. No. Um, no it's um. Eighty sixth. Eighty sixth. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they sixty nine that kid hard. Uh, <laughs> what? No, the 86. 86. Them. The 86. Uh, that oh kid. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. oh there, there, there goes monetization. It's all gone. Now. I know. It just, yeah. He just killed just it. Flagged. He got. He killed it all by telling uh, a very. Uh, okay. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I want to. Uh, so my most anticipated yeah, what game. Your, what is your most anticipated game, bitch? Before I talk about my most anticipated game. I would like to make a statement of my least anticipated game. Okay. Uh, I see. I see. He's got his power back. He's got his power oh, back. Over the year. Over, he does. It was the year right. 2021. And uh, no, it was the year 2022. I made the statements that Starfield was my most anticipated game of the year. Starfield, Are you serious? You said that? Starfield never came out. Yeah. Because as I always believe, and now even more in 2023, that it is my least anticipated game of ever. Wow. Wow. Loud yeah. and proud. And I cannot take and I'm not taking it back. <laughs> This is a year um, of built up. You know, Mitch. If, up, if this uh, game's as, frustration. As, um, if this game's as as bad as you you think it's going to be, you're going to have one very disappointed me next year <laughs> when I buy a, an Xbox uh, Series X in lieu of this game coming up. You know, I'm going to have my Xbox. I'm going to be all excited and go Starfield, and then and then inevitably, it's it's going to disappoint me. Uh, I think it'll be fine. I think it's just it. Uh, I, I I get a, a cyberpunk vibe from it. That's all. It's giving me the cyberpunks. Uh, yeah. So all right. So to 
should we segue into bold predictions? Because mine has to do with Starfield. But I got, but I got to do, I got, I got to do my most anticipated game. All right. Well, Liam, Liam took my Final Fantasy 16, so I have to pick a new one. But okay. you, can't, you can't have it, Mitch. I can't, I can't have it. <laughs> I'm going to go with, which is it's uh, interesting. It's my most anticipated, but I'm nervous about it. Okay. Hmm. Jedi. I wouldn't be nervous about that game. Yeah, I'm not at all. I am slightly. Sure, the game was the first game's janky. I do like. No, here's the thing. I'm not nervous about. Here's the thing. I'm nervous about, fellas. I am not nervous about the the gameplay. I think the gameplay was solid in the first one. It looks like it'll be even better in the second one. I love. I get two lightsabers. Cool, cool. Um, I mean, you did get it. Spoiler alert! At the end of the game, you get an option of splitting in half or putting together. But anyway, um. It's giving you more options like that. Gameplay looks fine. Gameplay looks like it iterated on it, increased it, did all that fun stuff. I'm nervous about story, fellas. I'm very oh. nervous about the plot. I do not know how this fits in because Cal Kestis is alive this whole time. It makes almost no like I'm just um you know the story was subpar in the first in the um in the first one um i do like i do like some of the stuff like uh some of the stuff was really really well done but i think the overarching plot of this whole like finding the finding the the encryption to find all the um what are they called um the uh where the kid jedi called no the known locations of the surviving younglings. Jedi or younglings it's a yeah it's it's it's, yeah. it's a location of yeah. younglings basically and it's all like of the people born force sensitive. Yeah, something like that. It's like, yeah. we all know it. Nothing comes of it because like there's movies yeah. after. Like it's just it's a wasted right, plot right. line. I do love the those kids, kids are getting eighty six. Yeah, oh my god, eighty six. Um, but I do love like. I do like the characters they had and like how one was a master and one was their former apprentice and like they went evil and was part of like that was the most interesting part of that story. And I, I understand like that whole object was potentially like the whole juxtaposed thing to like get you to like follow the plot line. But I just think it was flawed from the very beginning. So I'm very nervous. But excited. You know, one of the things with Star Wars that I hate, I, I, I hate it so much, is they can never just go away from the existing material. They can never just do something new. Right. Yes. I'm getting sick to fucking hell of it right now. It's like they got rid of all of the established Legends canon, which was, you know, it had a lot of great stuff, a lot of amazing stuff, and it had a lot of shitty unnecessary stuff you know but but it was still really great you know overall um they got rid of all of that just to do new stories that basically covered all of the same things you know and you know because all of the old canon is just as convoluted as this one you know it, it all underscores the you know that the, the jedi didn't exactly get wiped out during um right. <laughs> during the end of the prequels you know that yeah. All, all of that stuff has been out of the window for a long time so so that doesn't really bother me um and to me personally i, I thought fallen order was one of the better star wars stories they've had 
since uh, since they got rid of the Legends canon. Um, you know, it was interesting. I thought the characters were great. I, I thought the idea of finding all of the Force sensitive children was interesting as well. Just because you know, it's sort of like it felt it felt sort of cordoned off away from the original trilogy in a way that they could tell a different story where where all of the stuff going on in the main canon was sort of separate. I I thought personally, like I agree. With and you, then the... and then Darth Vader shows up at the end. It's like stop bringing people back from the original series. Like leave but it the, alone, but man. But the way they brought in Darth Vader, awesome, I'll man. admit, I really liked that yeah. though, because like he kills. It was cool. Because he kills the. It was cool. He kills the person that was in the. Um, Oh, Jesus, now I'm forgetting the names of all these. Uh... It, no one, it's not important. The Inquisitor. Yeah, he killed the Inquisitor. And like that was in a reasonable moment because he thought he turned her and she was about to like get back to the light and find the light again. And here comes Darth it's Vader. It's like poetry. Kill. It rhymes. It, it really good. Come on, man. But anyway, uh, I agree with you, kind of, Liam. I like, I, I'm all for, I like that they're going away from the stuff, but I will admit I'm really loving Andor. I'm really loving what they're doing with that. And I like, if you give me an Andor Fallen Order game, like the Andor type plot line that it follows, where it's like all about the politics of like everything happening around the, the rise of the empire and like the rebels coming into play. I'm all for it. You know, I just don't um, know what you do. We, we should, we shouldn't knock a game for something that's not, you know, as opposed, we should take it for what it is and and then criticize it for how it handles that stuff personally, you know, because I mean, what is it that, that stop, <laughs> Disney want to release like uh, a new Star Wars game every six months? And, you know, if, if we want like something that's like Endor, which, uh, you know, I know and I've heard is good, but but I haven't oh, finished it's, yet. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, like, I think we'll be spoiled for choice, like maybe may too spoiled because, you know, it, oversaturation as a thing and i'm um, concerned about that as well um but but i i i, I mean fallen order's always been a very jedi minded story so so i i don't think telling a story like andor would exactly fit in to a fallen order game considering the way andor feels grounded is is it partially because the jedi are somewhat uninvolved with it i would say mm. Right, I think remove I th yourself from like the tr the original yeah, trilogy. It's, it's, it's telling the, the very human experience going on in that world. Yeah. I I I kind of disagree a, a a tiny bit. You can still have Jedi in it and have it feel grounded. It's how you it's how you make the characters. It's about the characters and because like <laughs> yeah. to, to be honest, for me, like one of my favorite movie of Star Wars is Rogue One. And, yeah. and, and like, that is just an amazing story. And like people at the end, they're like, oh yeah, the end with Lord Vader, it's fan service. And I was like, to me, I think it reinforces the fear of the people that are dealing with this extremely powerful being that you cannot defeat and seeing the fear in the eyes of the soldiers trying to get the, um, get the plans out while Lord Vader's killing these people in front of them, I think is like, it still feels grounded without feeling uh, like mystical woohoo because what the power, what, what they're presenting is something 
powerful to the point that you feel like you can't defeat it. It's inevitable. It's destruction. And I think that's something that they captured that I don't think Star Wars really has captured in a long time. And in some ways, it actually reinforces all the other films of being like, no wonder they fear Lord Vader because he could lift them up on the ceiling and cut them in half. But instead, he decides to choke you to death. Like he's actually showing you mercy by choking you. <laughs> but uh, you, Mitch, Mitch, are you telling me that you didn't fear Lord Vader after his sword fight with Obi-Wan Kenobi in that first Star Wars film? You know? When I was a child, <laughs> right. I thought it's Lord like, Vader like two was two kids in the woods, like hit, hitting each other with yeah. sticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, I do like uh, right. uh was it I did like uh um as a child I did I did think Lord Vader was pretty sweet but I did also think I was like oh, he's pretty like that's not really entertaining sword battles I I find the Luke <laughs> one more entertaining because he's like he's like reaching his arm like <laughs> and it's like Luke is doing all the spin moves and just Lord <laughs> Vader standing there just like yeah, touching. I can't move, man. Yeah, I can't move. I'm going to just touch sticks. Um, but yeah, I just... I'm, oh, man. I touch sticks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Evan. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey. Get your head... I was going to say, get your head out of the closet. Uh, but uh, basically, yes, I I just... I'm, I'm excited for that game. I'm excited for the gameplay to see what how they evolve it. I'm just nervous about plot. Yeah. If it didn't take place in the time it took place in, I wouldn't be nervous about the plot. But it's taking and place you know in what? this magical maybe... time with no Jedi. And so, like, why is maybe... there a Jedi? I think that's and why. And maybe like... Respawn, Respawn will finally make a good game. This could be their first good game they ever make. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I feel like all their games so far have been good. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were Titanfall. Uh, oh, sorry, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I platinum sorry, Titanfall sorry. two. That is a two out of five. <laughs> canon, oh, canon. I, I love you. I it's love canon. You. That game was so overrated. So, sorry. All right, break uh, off. It, it is, it is time for bold <laughs> predictions. predictions. Yeah. Um, right. Just to be clear, right. I will not be making any kind of predict bold prediction that involves sony computer entertainment uh, obviously just just i want to make it clear for every the audience wise because i i do work at a studio that is playstation and for me to like make a bold prediction one i don't want to feed off info of being like oh i have insider info about something and then two right. i don't even want people to like guess based off of what i'm saying to say like oh he means this is coming out then it's like no not not gonna give you any of that crap so just so you know sure. i'm not making a sony prediction so all right break off go ahead all right so my bold prediction is that starfield gets a soft uh delay so they've, they've said they've said early 2023 i think they just fucking don't give us a date and the next thing we know it's june and we're like hey didn't what's happening with starfield well i mean um it, it is supposed to come out in the first half of the year so june wouldn't technically be a delay well they said early 2023 so in my mind that's um, first oh, quarter. They, they may have changed it at some point too so so they've already given it the soft delay maybe <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't think uh yeah, maybe like July 30th or June 30th or something is when we actually get it. You you think they pull a dick move where they do like the same trailer as last time, but instead of 11 11 22 it's 11 11 23. Oh, I don't know. That would be that that is a possibility. It just be like, "Didn't we watch this trailer?" And then you're just like, "23." <laughs> 
but yeah um i yeah, I, I think i think xbox studios has um higher expectations than what bethesda normally lives up to and it doesn't mean that it's not going to be a great game a year out you know what i mean like after it's been patched and all that kind of stuff like but i don't think that they want to to do that i don't think they want to do the the quasi early access so yeah because they're bethesda I mean, yeah, if Fallout 76 was basically early access that you had to pay full price for. <laughs> so, I mean, they could do it with Starfield. Yikesy, yikesy. Um, people, people would play it. They'd, they'd people, spend their hard-ass money on it. But and... people would also be pissed if they didn't know it was early access. <laughs> they would be pissed, but they'd still play it. They'd be like, all right, here here you go, Bethesda. Here's all my notes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the mods. You, here, you guys can take our code. We don't care. So, so okay, it's not bold enough to say a soft launch. I need a date, a month, a day. Give me, give yeah. me, give me, give, give me something. Come on. Uh, I'm gonna pull it. When you guys make these bold predictions, I'm gonna make you go bolder than you go than you gone before. So, come on, give me a bold. Give me a bold. I think it's I think it's late summer. It's probably going to be August, like okay. the end of August. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's like after Final Fantasy. They're they're gonna say. You're done with Final they're Fantasy. Tr- come play. Come play in the stars. I think they're gonna try to find um, a, a weekend when nothing else is coming out, like a Friday, um, where they get all of the the attention. Come on, Burkoff. They're gonna pick. They're gonna pick like a Tuesday. They're 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 Bethesda. They can put ship a game whenever the hell they want. Maybe yeah. No date. <laughs> No date. I mean, yeah. hell, God of War Ragnarok launched on a Thursday, which was weird, or Wednesday <laughs> or something. But that was just because I think they, I think they were like trying to like match a lunar eclipse with had to do with like Ragnarok mm-hmm. lore, which was like perfect timing. But whatever. I don't know if that's yeah. legit. Like I, I, I tweeted at someone and they, and they, they said <laughs> maybe, and I was like, okay. Yeah, I think I think it'll be like uh, sometime when nothing else is coming out. They're gonna try Planet when Starfield's the only thing that anybody's talking about. Evan's gonna go get a prompt for his bold prediction. Maybe he's gonna write it on the um, board for us. Matt, um, what I wanted to know from you is: Do you think Starfield will actually be good? Do you think and and I say yeah. being good is a different thing from whether it will review well. And yeah, it will be well I. Received. So based on all the stuff that I've seen, because I fell down that hole, like the, all the YouTube yeah. uh, leaks and analysis and hours of people talking about, you know, what they think based on all, all this evidence, um, I think it will be good. I think it's going to be a solid Bethesda game. I think that um, they are sort of taking from No Man's Sky as well as uh, Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall. Um and so hopefully it's not too mainstream and like hopefully you you can kill you know essential npcs and shit like that i don't know we'll see what is your uh anticipated kill children (laughs) well yeah essential npcs what's your anticipated (laughs) review score what do you think the average review Um, score will be for this game i don't know it's definitely going to launch with bugs no matter what no matter how long they fucking delay it um and I think people are going to be a little more critical of that. Bugs going is not into a review it. score. What's a review score? 
Bold predictions. All right, 78. 78, 78. okay. That's can, bold. Uh, can, I, can I counteract that? Yeah. I think it's going to be about, like, 91. Really? You think it's going to score that high? Best reviewed game since uh, Skyrim. Okay. I'm going to go on Boulder, gentlemen. I think it's going to do a 90... 98. No, it's not going to get Zelda numbers. It will get Zelda numbers. Zelda and Mario numbers? I don't think, yeah, think so. Well. <laughs> it, 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 we're interesting you talking... predict that, Mitch, as, as a Starfield hater, or at least Starfield, uh, 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 what's the term? Detractor? Uh, as, Detractor, As yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the uh, four-time reigning champion of the Game of the Game Awards, I clearly understand how the journalists think, and the journalists are tripping balls over this game. They're tripping balls more than any other person. Because you know what? Who's going to review these games? The people that love Bethesda. And that's kind of half why I hate reviewers. No offense. Right, okay. Like, I honestly believe reviewers, review companies should have two people. One that doesn't like these kinds of games and one that does. So that they can come to a consensus together to come up with a store a score instead of just traveling on the i love this genre oh i love yeah, this. The, oh i love this. the famitsu the famitsu yeah. way of reviewing games yeah. where you've got was it four or five yes. scores at average 100 percent agreed i believe that's that's what it is and i don't think journalists will be hard on this game i think journalists will love it and be like this is something you never experienced before you could talk to npcs oh oh npcs <laughs> And be like, I can talk to NPCs in any game. <laughs> oh my god, there's a day and night cycle. Oh, well, there's a day and night cycle in, in tons of games I played recently. I, I played Elden Ring. That's got a day and night cycle. And you guys fell hard for that one. If they are tripping balls over Elden Ring, they're going to trip balls over uh, over uh, Starfield. There's no doubt in my <laughs> mind. Space Skyrim? Space Skyrim. How are they not tripping you balls? Almost, you almost said Skyrim. I, was, I thought it was funny. So, yeah, they're they're going to be tripping balls. Evan, we were going around and saying, what's the review score you think is of, uh, of, of um, Starfield? Starfield? Your bold prediction. What is your review score you think the reviewers are going to give it? I did 98. 78. Oh. Wait, what wow. would you say? 78. 78. Same as me. Yeah. Oh, you said 78? You said 78. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. think... I think it's going to be a solid game, but I think it's going to be buggy, and then they're going to go between a seven and an eight because yeah. of it. Maybe it—it's been hyped for since they released. Not even a logo; it was like a wisp, a wisp in the ether. <laughs> uh, was it Todd Howard? What's his name? Tim Howard. Yeah, yeah, he threw yeah, it Todd out Howard. there. <laughs> yeah, you, you know why and they after, did that? Because they, they were literally in turn like, "Stop asking us what our next game." Famous. Uh, sure, sure. And will, you know what? Well, Actually, I, fair enough to them if they're sick of that stuff. Fair enough. Well, right? okay. The thing on my, on my bold prediction is it would only get that score if it gets pushed to fall of next of this year. Okay. That means it'd sure. have enough time to fix all the buggy bugs. Microsoft, right. I believe, wouldn't let them release a buggy game. I honestly believe Microsoft is willing to bite the bullet this time around and say, you cannot release this if this is buggy I mean, as hell. You cannot they've got do this to us. Yeah, they've got some other stuff. I mean, they, they held steadfast with Halo, you know. Like, they they got really, you know, really critical feedback on uh, the way the enemies looked from that one trailer. And they, they're like, all right, you know, fuck it. We're just going to delay this shit, you know. 
<laughs> and the multiplayer was ready ahead of time. They're like, okay, well, here's the multiplayer, but you got to wait on the single player. Um, how, so, how did that work so. out for them, though? Does anyone? Okay, play hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me clarify for you guys now. Look at this, Metacritic. Skyrim has a ninety-six. Of course it does. I believe, Skyrim, though. Yeah. It's a Starfield. <laughs> What's the difference? It's the well, same ass game. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Because um, we've got more I, bold I predictions say, to go. What? Uh, I, I would say, just, just quickly, um, the, uh, the way Bethesda have been acting lately and the way Microsoft is, you know, we, we all just assumed that they delayed it because of bugs. You know, but the truth of Mario, it could have been any variety of reason. We we don't know that mm. when they delayed the game, they were like, "Oh, we were almost ready, but we just wanted to delay it because the game just needs a little extra polish or or whatever." Well, that's possible, you know, yeah. I'm just assuming that it's so buggy that it'll need an even bigger delay. Or, well, they're or, still using they're still using yeah. Creation Engine. That's you know, like what are you doing, guys? Yeah, but, but that's the thing. Gaming development is so complicated, and we don't even know the particulars of how that engine's changed over the years. You know, because the long last time they used it before they started retooling the engine completely well, was in, in yeah in, in 2015, 16. Yeah, maybe it was 16. Yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago. I mean, they were even starting pre-production on Starfield before Fallout 4 came out. And, right. and don't don't talk about 76, because that is not made with any no. of the retooling in mind. Not BGS, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's, it's a bit of a mystery as to how this game's going to turn out, I would say. And it could be the best thing ever, it could be the worst thing ever. We just don't know. Moving on. Liam, what is your bold prediction for 2023? Uh, I, 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 I'm not sure which one I should go for. Um, but I, I, it's kind of innocuous because there isn't really a way to gauge whether I'm successful or not. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll let you be the judge of that, Mitch. Um, and I'll just have to live with whatever you think is is, is uh, I might correct. have to pull more out of you. We'll see. Uh, well, <laughs> like, like I say, it's, it might be a bit hard because of how innocuous of a prediction it is. Um, but I, I think this game's going to be very fondly remembered for how much is going to be going on. You know, from the games coming out to the games being announced to um the news i think the news cycle is going to be very interesting and i don't mean just around the fez the shake-up and I, I think as opposed to last year which uh was very front loaded with big video game news i think the end of this year will be very loaded with video game news so I, I i think it will be sort of the opposite you know with loads of game releases spreading and a ton of game announcements because there's there's sort of been this Built. I mean, there, there's just so many. I, I sort of said this last year as well. <laughs> um, but there's there's just so many games in development right now. An, an absurd amount. Like, way too many games. And, and, and I foresee that being a problem later on down the road. But but there, there is just so many games just waiting to be announced. And, and that dam has got to break at some point. Um, what, what exactly? What, what exactly about? is your bold prediction? No, no, I, I love, I love the build-up. By the way, no, he's, 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 he's leading towards it. I like this. 
my, my, my bold prediction is, is is that there's going to be an absolute, and I mean like a a, deluge. a very obvious difference. You know, you're gonna look and think back to 2022, and you're gonna think back to 2021, you're gonna think back to 2020, and you're gonna go, 2023 was nuts. There was so much going on, so many games got announced. You know, like I'm talking like a lot bigger than the previous years. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I don't think next year would be the same. I, I think that dam is going to break. And I think Jeff Keighley's going to have a freaking great time this year because he's just going to be spoiled for choice. Because everybody's going to, mm. everybody and their mother's going to want to announce something. And Jeff Keighley's just going to be at the buffet going, oh, yeah, I'll have some of that and I'll have some of this. Do you think he'll get uh, enough money to buy a Bugatti and argue with Greta Thunberg on Twitter? Um, well, Jeff Keighley isn't a human trafficker so I, I don't think the chances of that are too great you sure about that so you're just saying uh, i mean you're just there may, saying there may be some bad energy coming from him so, years end, maybe. so you're just saying there's gonna be a lot of announced games not released games um well i mean, I mean like all of the games that are going to release this year seem to be games that have sort of been gestating for yeah five like years. I was you gonna say three, four years. Yeah. All right. So, how many games are you talking? How many? How many? How many new reveals are we getting this year? Well, big, it, it, big like reveals. It, it's our uh, big reveals. You know, like, like triple A, like from first parties to uh, third parties, not indies, but like what big, big titles? Yeah. How many big titles are we getting this year? An absolute shit ton, Mitch. Um, like, give me a number. Well, in excess of forty. You know, way over that. Um, you know, 40 AAA games are going to get announced this year? Yeah, probably more than that. I, 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 it's hard to quantify because, you know, what the people regard to be a big game. You know, the lines are sort of blurring these days where you're getting very big. Sort we of are the line, my friend. Game. You make the predictions. Well, this is what I mean about being innocuous. You, you can't know, be can't innocuous on both that. predictions. You got to give me a number. So you're going to say 40 is your number Mitch, or more Mitch, than? This is Mitch, Mitch, this is why I made you the judge. You can decide whether I'm right or not. And I'm going to accept it, you know. Forty, or um, you're saying more than forty, or just forty? What's I, your ex- just, I, I, more than forty? You know. What's like, your exact I, number? I just, Give me exact numbers. Okay, I'll even go more than fifty. What's you your know? exact number? <laughs> I don't care. More than I want an exact number. Exact what is number. your number? We did review score 60 numbers. Sixty AAA games. Give me how many? How many? How many? How many? Give me a number. Uh, um, I'm, no, I'm just saying more than 50, okay? No, no, exact number. I, I, I can just be fifty-two. Exact number. Nobody could quantify that. All right, we're just um, going to say 50 because he won't give me a number. So if he's wrong. No, um, I disagree. That's unfair. Um, I gave no, you a chance. Because, um, <laughs> no, 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 Mitch, we could be arguing all day on whether. This isn't arguing. This is entertainment. Game, <laughs> yeah, whether some random game is AAA or, 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 or AA or independent, you know. But this game doesn't count. No, this one does, you know. Oh, we'll be stuck in a legal battle for years, you know, at this point. So I'm just saying over 50. Um, and if it's a lot more than 50, then then I'm kind of wrong. I underestimated myself. Burkoff, <laughs> Evan, is uh, is he crazy or is he brilliant? Uh, Burkoff, you want to go first? I have a question for him. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I It's hard for me to imagine that many games being announced this year. Only because there are so many that I want to see more of that have already been announced. Uh, avowed. I want to see more of a trailer on that. I want to, 
Yeah, I want to see more on Fable. Hopefully, they've got some some of that done. Um, I love how you're talking about first party Microsoft Studios, and he's yeah, just meaning true. everyone. He is not well, just no, meaning you, you Microsoft. Know, he's yeah. meaning everyone. Well, <laughs> you know, the thing with Microsoft is 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 right now we don't know much about Sony. You know, because no. they've been quiet for a while. We know everything about Microsoft because a few years ago they were just like, here, have this and this, this, you know, please buy our freaking system, you know, and, and now it's like, oh, where the fuck are these things, Microsoft? Yeah. We've been waiting, you know? Oh, we'll <laughs> but, get to my bold prediction. Don't worry Microsoft about it. Microsoft is like one of the only companies that won't be announcing everything. You know? Well, I think, I don't know, I feel like we know most of what Ubisoft is going to be releasing too, right? I mean, they've sort of laid it out. Um, there's a heavy focus on Assassin's Creed going forward, and we know that they've got what six games in the works for that. Um, and they, they outlined the other day that it seems that they're announcing their new Star Wars game this year as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I don't think it'll be 50 new games, but hopefully, there's at least 50 big games that we get more stuff of. <laughs> So you, just, so you are, you think he's crazy. All right, moving on. Evan, I'll... what's your question? What's your question? All right, so um, Liam, 2017, PUBG, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Galaxy, Resident Evil 7, Cuphead, Persona 5, 2005, Resident Evil 4, Shadow of the Colossus, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, God of War, Guitar Hero, 1990, scrolling... Seven. Wait. 97. Uh, Wait, you know he made just announcements. Uh, not really Metal Gear Solid, Half Life, Ocarina of Time, Fallout 2, Resident Evil 2, Starcraft. I, I want you to be, if if you can, be a bit more focused and specific with your prediction. Oh, yeah. Do you think that 2023 is going to be considered one of the best years in gaming of all time? I know it's hard to quantify that because it's ultimately subjective but do you think this is going to land in a top 10 list of best years of all time in gaming in the future i don't know about that because even though there's a lot coming out this year um the quality of those games could still vary i mean i still have my reservations for certain games not not far sorry fantasy final six no 16 <laughs> fantasy final <laughs> i think the, uh, i think um, the punishment is more entertaining of him trying to fix his mistakes it really is it, uh, i like yeah. the punishment yeah. itself. <laughs> okay like rafa just laughing um, himself but yeah, but I mean, evan I, you I know mean, my, my... oh sorry oh no i was just gonna say evan you know that his is just predicting of announcements not releases yeah yeah so not not sure. games not, not games released but, this yeah. year but He's gonna. Okay. There's gonna be a lot of announced new titles for future if years. If you want, though, I, I could get more specific on the announcements that I know are due. You know, because it's like you know, Grand Theft Auto Six to begin with. Uh, Take Two has a bunch of stuff in the works. In fact, you know, they have so much stuff that they even basically defunded one of their projects the other day, and uh, they were working with People Can Fly, and they decided, actually, we're spending too much money, and we don't believe in your projects. So- get lost um you know because they, they they made new studios you know we're expecting uh bioshock 4 uh we finally got judas announced at the end of last year yeah. uh, there's a new studio with all of the um x sledgehammer games people that worked on call of duty they're basically making a competitor to call of duty um and, and you know you, you can go company by company 
Um, probably not Capcom. Square Enix has a few things up their sleeves, I'm sure. You know, um, Division Blizzard probably has a few things gestated. And Sony definitely have a few things. Nintendo definitely has a few things. You know, it, it, it's and like more than anything else, the amount, the absolute insane amount of independent studios that have been formed from about 2018 until now and are still being formed is insane and i i honestly don't know how the industry is going to keep up with that many people developing that many games you know i mean <laughs> it's one thing to thank the chinese for because they're they're putting so much funding into all of these independent studios uh whether i like it or not that that there's just a wealth of video games coming that are well-funded and independently made, which is strange yeah. for a time when we thought that independent games were a dying breed. But but that there is, there's a ton of video games and every creator you can think of has seemingly formed their own studio and is making games mainly because of other companies like Electronic Arts mainly. <laughs> not serving their talent or their IPs and people just going well fuck you I'm going to start my own studio and do it myself yeah. and I'm excited to see what a lot of these are you know we got a, a few tasters last year with that Wormwood game uh, from uh, what was it uh, something like Slightly Spooky Studios or something like that and there's just so many more on the horizon Ascendant Studios announced the game at the game awards in december called um the ashes of isherin or something i i can't remember um but, you know those are just a few examples of some of those huge games that that, that are just in the pipeline and we're just waiting for and it's all it's like i say that dam's got a break at some point yeah let's say it's a bold prediction it's a bold prediction but I can see where you're coming from because, yeah, if there's that much stuff baking in the oven, mm. they've—I mean—they've got to—they've got to serve shareholders and shit. You know what I mean? I yeah. think the one thing that we've seen over time recently has been um, developers have been holding off on announcing projects too early. Uh, they've noticed they've been announcing them too early, and they have been changing that and now announcing them when they're almost done where right. I don't know if a lot of these are almost done to that point, um, especially because transitions, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, that's just something that uh, um, I, well, I, one thing that's I why I think it's know. bold. Cause I was like, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's bold. It's bold. <laughs> yeah. One of the few reasons that, that games do get announced early, cause, cause I would actually disagree with you. I, I think more games, I wish more games got announced close to release, but they don't. And one of the main reasons for that, especially if you're an independent studio, is they want their game out there so that people can see it and they can do a better job of getting people to come to their studio and work on it and finish it. You know, it's just because when you're just the name, you know, and maybe you have some talent that people know working there and, you know, there'll be some people that are familiar with that person's work and be like, okay, I'd really like to work under this person because I believe he would make a good video game project. And that's not the, quite the same thing as seeing it and going, that's an interesting project. I would love to work on that. I'll go and work for this brand new startup studio, you know, on their big title that that can develop itself independently without any overreach from a publisher. 
or whatever. You guys remember Campo Santo? Maybe that game will come out this year. I doubt it. They got bought by Valve, and in the Valley of the Gods just went bye bye. Valve's like, Valve is like, Valve is like, you know what? You're joining us. We don't make games. We make money. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, Evan. What is your bold prediction for 2023? All right, I got two. I was going to say not one, but two. Oh, whatever. Oh, I got two bold two, predictions. Two fists ready to go, uh, man. One um, tangentially related to Liam's uh, prediction. I think the sequel to Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey, will be revealed this year. And that whether that's a trailer or just the logo... I don't, I don't, they're not going to do Mario dirty and just show us a logo. That would be cruel. That is reserved for Metroid and Bayonetta. Uh, they Pikmin, will show gameplay. Pikmin, Pikmin, Pikmin just got a title Pikmin, only. Yeah, Pikmin got a title. Pikmin, Pikmin, Pikmin 4. Only. I mean, they showed like kind of like Ken Burns type, like zooming in, zooming out, like still images of that game yeah. because of, they don't know. They're, they're like, they're doing the levers, like the, cl- yeah. on the on the frame rate. So they're like, all right, we're just doing Ken, we're going Ken Burns with this. We're going Vietnam War documentary style with this. Yeah. Um, all right, but Evan, just because my you're, main... not, you're not bold enough. No, I, I, I need, have, I, I, need I need, I need, I need a date. Oh shit! They're um, revealing it. When is it coming out? Do they even reveal? Oh it? no, 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 no. He has they, to predict okay. the date regardless. They'll, they'll, they'll do the trailer, uh, like E three time. The game's coming out in twenty twenty four. Is that does that satisfy your requirements? Uh, I mean, that's kind of specific. Give me give me a time of year at least. Come on. Oof. What if they okay? So the oh man, what if they go March twenty twenty four with okay. uh, sounds, Odyssey? That 2? sounds that sounds like a Nintendo time frame for yeah. Their no, big games. It's not gonna be a holiday launch. Uh, launch time for uh, Super Switch too. Right. Yeah, there you are go. You, are you, are you, you're not even sticking put... with the Switch for the next ten years. You're not even they're gonna not match even, it. With... Like, too many people on this fucker. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna um, say you're not even gonna by, push by it the way, uh, a uh, comment from McWomble. I have a question for Evan. Beanie hat indoors? Question mark. Is that a question? That is not. A I question. think he means why the fuck do you have a beanie hat indoors? Is is the actual? Question. Uh, no, the uh, question is why? Why are you so cool, Evan, with your beanie hat indoors? <laughs> oh, let me tell you. All right, it my looks second like Wisconsin cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, or or mustard I on I got, sausage. I I got cheese on the mind. If if uh, yeah. So my actual prediction is Insomniac, right? Prolific studio, just knocking it out of the park. I was gonna say day after day, more like year after year. But uh, I think Spider Man Two. And now I guess this technically will fall apart if the game doesn't come out in twenty twenty three. But they. Finally figured out, and I know there were iterations. Like I respect the PS One Spider Man game, uh, although they had limited web swinging abilities. And then when did they crack that nut? Was it the Spider Man Two video game that came out on the? Yeah, finally, it's like okay, we're getting somewhere with making you be able to like to feel like Spider Man swinging through a city. And then of course, twenty eighteen, Insomniac knocks it out of the park with. Uh, a web swinging traversal where you're like I'm not going to fast travel on the subway because it's dumb but also because it's so much fun to 
traverse this city in Spider-Man. We, I actually feel like I'm Spider-Man in a game, and that's something that will never happen with Superman. I'm sorry, Superman fans. It's a terrible fucking character, by the way. He's too powerful. It's boring. That's another story. But I, I, I hate Superman. Um, oh, but <laughs> Liam, I'm going to stab you through the internet. Uh, Insomniac made the 2018 game and then th- and said, you know, similar to the, the multiverse uh, movie where there's a portion where the, the, the more experienced Peter Parker moves at 60 frames per second while Miles moves at a, a, a slower frame rate. Um, kind of showing like he's not as experienced. And they put that into the Miles Morales game where he's some of his animations are he's like kind of spinning while he's swinging. It's very like, it's not elegant like Peter Parker is because he's just figuring out his swinging abilities. I thought it was a really nice touch to the animations. So judging from all that stuff, I think Insomniac cannot help themselves and Venom is going to be a playable character in Insomniac Spider-Man 2. They can't just look at that character and think he's going to be a rhino-like, scorpion-like character that we're going to fight. There are dedicated individuals there. Not like the animation team is going to override the story team. Like, no, you're going to play as Venom. You fucking go back to the the story. I don't know. Mitch, help me out. Is there like a story room? Can I? Is there a story room? Story room. <laughs> You're asking me is a story it thing. Story it's room? no comment. I can't. Okay, fair enough. No comment. Yeah, go back to the story room and rewrite Venom as a playable character into this script. So I just think there's too much potential there to be to develop a, a new interesting way of swinging slash climbing, like the Incredible Hulk game where he's like running up the buildings, uh, whatever system that was. That game was actually pretty sweet, open world Hulk game. I think there's too much potential there for them to create a unique, um, but you know, related, familiar um, kind of traversal with Venom to where like Craven's in the game as well. Venom has been known to be an ally uh, with Spider-Man depending on the situation. So maybe right. mid game, something happens where Venom uh, teams up with Miles and Spider-Man and you're able to play as him. I think that would be not only is that fucking awesome as like a, a turn mid game, but I think it would give these animators just drooling to do something new with the traversal in Spider-Man two. So yeah, my bold prediction is Venom is going to be a playable character. I've got a question. Yes. And by the way, I think you're right because I think them setting up Venom as Harry Osborn instead of Eddie Brock kind of indicates right. that. And, yeah. Ven- and Venom is always like Eddie, Eddie Brock has has not always been a villain. He, yeah, he, exactly. As I said, yeah, he kind of moves in in between, be, like help being an ally and an enemy. So yeah, yeah. Although well, let's not talk about those Sony films. <laughs> there was a period. Well, in the, yeah, in the animated series, even there was a period where he wasn't. Um, he was still being affected by the symbiote. So you know, it was like a transition period of him being like full on villain. Oh, so no. actually, Birkoff, that do you think that either you play as Venom or the symbiote transfers to Spider-Man at some point, and then that's how you interact well, with the symbiote? It would be cool. More... If, it would be cool if that if that's how they did it. Um, 
they gave the symbiote suit to Spider-Man first, and then sure. it, you know transfers. When when you say playable as as Venom, Evan, and this was sort of the question I was getting at. Um, did did you mean that playable as Venom with the symbiote suit, or did you mean that playable as Venom as as Venom? You know, like the actual in symbiote taking over someone's body. Um, uh, as as Eddie Brock. Yeah, and controlling question. Yeah. Him. When you say yeah. Venom is playable, do you mean in the open world, or do you mean in a MJ style stealth section like, like in the first game? <laughs> yeah, because that worked well. that worked out so well. What what if what if um instead of playing as Venom, you played as Eddie Brock in a stealth section in a museum? <laughs> that would be so People would be like, terrible. "Fuck this shit!" Fuck this game. Yeah. No, I, I, I actually, uh, Liam, you bring up a good question to where do they limit your play as Venom? Like, okay, you can interact with as Venom in chapter six of the game in the open world, but then in seven through whatever, and then one chapters one through five, you are Miles and and Peter Parker. Uh, who knows? But um, I think I think they limit it to a scripted section. Where you're only sure. in for like a short period of time, and then after you beat the game, you can swing around the city with him, but it's meaningless because you've already unlocked everything. But New Game Plus, you can <laughs> you can like unlock Venom as a character, and, and then the whole story breaks down because it doesn't make sense that you're Venom fighting Venom and right. fuck that. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Bring back Uncharted Two, where you can spend points and turn Nathan Drake into a skeleton with glowing red eyes carrying a golden AK-47. Make it dumb on the second playthrough. It's it, it extends the life of games. Sorry, Liam, you were saying. I, I, I was just saying, I, I was trying to sort of do Mitch's job uh, by making you push your prediction. Thank you, because I can't make Mitch, comments. Because <laughs> I can no oh, yeah, comment yeah. this entire section. Uh, <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm acting kind of... on behalf of, of Mitch right now. Thank you. You need to lay down the law, my friend, and you need to say whether he's playable in the open world or not. All right, uh, Swanlin in the chat says I, I misunderstand Superman. It, yeah, it's yeah, more about right. uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's not about his strength and powers. It's about him being a Boy Scout of character and inspiring people. Fair enough. It's about him being I know that there is chewy good shoes that no one likes. Dude, Wait, a, a two, did you say a two-e a two-e good shoes? What are, a two-e goose shoes. <laughs> you guys, you guys haven't been reading the comics. Uh, no. They just they powered up Superman. No, even, no. What they did was they killed off Superman and they let Superman's son take over, and he's a much more interesting character. No, he wasn't. He wasn't killed off. He was. He was away <laughs> on business. He Everybody retired, and because he's away on back, business, because he's old he and, and old and not interesting, and his son is more interesting character. No, and let's dude. Just, let's so just, let's just have the son of Superman and start there. That's crazy. Uh, James Gunn, John, save right. John Superman Kent. or Star of the Sun. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, John Kent, son of Kello. It's not bad. Um, and he does have a part. Like So the big uh, miniseries to end the year was Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. They do bring Superman back. They bring, they bring Superman back. He gets full on cosmic powers. He's like fucking Doctor Manhattan at the end of the at the end of the miniseries. Itty bitty living space. Itty bitty so. living space. All I mean, right. I'm I'm talking like ten years ago, man. <laughs> it is time for the final bold prediction. Yeah, Mitch. What what have you got for us? I have Microsoft. 
will not release any new announced uh, any new or previous announced games that don't already have a release date for this year. Interesting. So any game that had a potential of coming out this year that has not been announced to be released will not be released. No Hellblade. Um, no. So, so Mitch, no. Mitch is hating. Hating. Sorry. What, what about uh, I mean, brand new announced games for this year? No, they're not gonna. They're not. No major. Yeah. So, no major Microsoft first party game. Bethesda is its own beast. That's why it's plus Bethesda. And I'm gonna. Well, I'm, I'm also gonna sweeten the tea <laughs> a little more because I have a. I have a dual threat for Microsoft this year. So that's the one, which is. No first-party Microsoft first-party game that's already been pre-announced. So Forza is coming out this year, um, and then the other game would. Uh, that's it. They don't have any other first-party game coming out this year, because the rest are Bethesda games. So yeah. every other game they were hoping it would be out this year, but they're going to say it gets delayed to next year. Because what they do hmm. is they talk about games but never release them. Let's just stick with the status quo. <laughs> All right. My second bold prediction. Hey, 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 hey. Second... <laughs> hey, it's bold. It's bold, my friend. No, hey, man. Like, I don't I don't have any foot in the game with Microsoft. I don't play any of those games. So I'm just... Oh, just... I don't know. I just do just it because it it's fun. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And until All right, they what release do we think about this? Oh, well, oh, do you want to get my second? part of the prediction yeah. or do you want the oh, go to this one first let's well, go to this one first go just t- discuss i mean i can see that happening um i can see all the games that they've previously announced getting new trailers with release dates in 2024 hmm. right um but we did have pentiment which wasn't even announced it just fucking came out basically it was like announced and released in the same week um and that was obsidian they could have something like that in the works with in exile right in exile could just have a game that comes out and is announced at the same time um so to defend my argument here i'm talking about big big budget game this that pentiment game was less than $60. Yeah. That was a $40 game. It was a smaller developed project. True. I'm, I'm going for the big, the bold, the brave. Is that really that bold though? Because I think it is Hell- because they Dude, should have games come out this year. Well, I don't think so because if Hellblade 2 doesn't make it, there's only one possible other thing that I think will come out this year. Uh, maybe avowed, but I don't think so. I don't think they'll ever release that in the same year as Starfield. Um, but I think the one other thing is that small project the Coalition are working on. Um, and if that doesn't come out, then you're correct. And I, I don't think I think it needs to be bolder, Mitchy boy, because <laughs> because uh, that's just two games, you know. And we've got a whole bunch of games that were supposed to. Well, I that's that's half of my prediction. Probably... You want the other half? This is both yeah. your. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that that will make things better. I hope. Microsoft will not acquire Activision Blizzard King. <laughs> oh, my friend. Now we're getting Yeah. I, I believe, Actually, I believe Mitch, the government again, Mitch, will Mitch block reads, the Mitch reads the topic. Yeah. He, yeah. Bold. Well, all right. So is it... 
is it that they block it entirely or do they just force Microsoft to spin off uh, a, a corporation? A Microsoft Xbox would have to separate. The only way it would happen if they were to block it would Xbox would have to completely separate from Microsoft, which is impossible for it to do because they, well, they don't have though, enough like... money to do it. Like they, they would lose so I'm much money doing it. it. They would go out of business so quickly because even like supporting Game Pass is so expensive. Yeah. yeah. And, and then trying to do all their other studios and like the, their, their games aren't coming out for another couple of years. Like they don't have revenue. They don't have easy right, revenue right. coming in. the Like for them to do that, it's impossible. So like if they get blocked which is my bold prediction, they will be blocked. Because in the UK, it sounds like they will be blocked in the UK. Um, so it's not um, just... It's not I, just I, don't, I, don't I don't think, think that's so. True. That's not, no. If, if anything happens, it will be in the European courts or um, or in the US um, uh, FTA. Yeah. Well, I think if, my... if it gets blocked in the US, it's going to be blocked everywhere else. It's just not going to happen. So, um, well, yeah. I mean, you know, they only need to fail in Europe, or they fail in the US, and, and it's over. And it's over. Know? So, yeah. like, they they're they're on thin ice, and especially with there is coming into question whether they should whether this can happen. So, um, my bold prediction is that it will be a no, especially the way the government is right now. I mean, it's a possibility, I guess. I mean, my my contention has always been that it's a it's just a form of taxation, right? Like, the regulators just want to tax the transaction that's happening because it is so big and it's a lot of money. And this is their way of doing it is by taking them to court, by forcing them to do all this extra paperwork. You know? No, I think the government's just trying to. It understands what is happening in big tech, but they don't though. That's it's not. Yeah. It no, has no, no, nothing no, like no. No, no, no but well. what they're what they're saying is like there's they they notice what has already happened with what 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 is they they've realized they were too late to stop big tech from what's not what's been happening with it, and that they that the, this is this is what they're thinking, not what I think. This is what they are thinking again four-time champion of the game of the game awards i i think of how other people think and that's that's the name yeah, of, that's I mean, maybe. the name of the game they feel as if they let big tech get too big because they didn't stop these small acquisitions that constantly happen and look what microsoft's doing they're doing a bunch of acquisitions and they're starting to build up and then they're like well this one's a huge company though this one's like one of the most massive companies has one of the biggest you know, software of all time in regards to selling year after year in a moneymaker, they're like, this is such, a, this is a line that we might not let, shouldn't let them cross because we let big tech become a bigger thing, according to them. Right. Um, I, I would, I would agree with you if it was like Google trying to acquire Apple or vice versa. Yeah. Cause then it makes sense to try and stop you know that from happening because like well that's that's too big a segment of the tech sector well i but, only i only say that because i've seen multiple senators on their twitter pages talk about this acquisition and i've never heard them talk about any other acquisition in tech to say this should not go through yeah it's not because it's popular numbers but yeah was it before it, the what was it before the midterms Oh, it was no. It was uh. This was this was post midterms. 
Was it okay? It was post midterms. Plus, plus those those people that posted it were not even um, up for election, re-election yet. Okay, all right. Yeah, and I don't they know. sit I on those they're... committees too, and one of them is a one of them is a hardcore go after, um, especially big banks. This person was against uh, really hard oh, against Jesus. big banks. Um, well, talking about uh, I don't know who you're talking about, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Correct. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she doesn't um, understand business at all. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> um, I I just want to say that um, politicians see a goop right, you know, a goose ripe for the taking. You know, and this this goose is to make themselves look good. I mean, this Bring goose is them. shitting golden eggs. Oh my god! Yeah. And, and this isn't the first time they picked on Microsoft. It's like it's like oh, Microsoft exists. Let's pick on them. Oh, Google, uh, they're, they're, Google are fine. You know, Apple are fine. <laughs> Amazon is fine. But Microsoft, for some reason, what? Oh, come on, like, like they're, they're making an even bigger purchase to make their sec- um, sector of the gaming industry bigger. And they still aren't the biggest sector within the games industry. It's not by any means a monopoly. Like, unfortunately, you know, and uh, you know, the whole Game Pass thing gets on my tits. But it will create extra competition. And it'll probably get rid of some competition also. The deal isn't perfect, but it isn't a monopoly. It's not even close to a monopoly. It right. gets on my tits, but that's what it is. If they were to stop this acquisition on that basis, it would be pure hypocrisy. And and I'm not saying it won't happen, because it could. And to me, they'd look like idiots if it did, didn't happen. If they, if they tried to stop it, then <laughs> I'd be embarrassed for them, quite frankly. Especially if they didn't do anything to follow that up. With other big tech companies, I don't think um, they will claim mop, mop, mop. Oh, geez, monopoly, monopoly. I was gonna say monopolization, but I don't think that's a word. Um, I think they will monopolization. Just, I, I think they will. Uh, I think they will more move towards the term of um, consolidation antitrust. and antitrust because when you could, they're they're going to start comparing this to the airlines of what they've already done, which is the airline companies is already there's too few of them, which creates. Um, when one changes their market value, they all change their market value all, together. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it screws over the consumer because none of them are willing to go against and actually create competition. They're willing just to work together. Similar to how game companies raise the, the price of games to $70. One does it, they all do it. And then therefore then no one stands against it and then it screws over the consumer. So like that's that's I think that's part of their issue is like if you let it get too small, they're, not that it's going to be monopoly. It's just going to be consolidation to the point that there is actually no competition in the marketplace. Because even if you become a competitor, you get bought out potentially by your competitor, because there's so few and so big. Like basically, they're claiming the Amazon now, which is like they let Amazon be too big, and that's their nervousness about any any of the big big companies, Microsoft, Amazon, uh, all that. So that's the reason. Bull prediction. They're going to stop it. Even- even that argument doesn't really work with the games industry because, like I said, even if Microsoft does acquire them, they're nowhere near even the biggest entity in the games industry. Sony's still bigger. Um, Tencent is bigger than all of them. You know, we've got all of these small publishers that still exist. It's not like the years of yonder of video games where we used to have a diluge of publishers and much smaller games makers. You know, I'll miss those days, but, you know, they're, they're sort of disappearing. Well, I mean, the middle markets is is basically the triple yeah. I space right now. Exactly, and I mean, just earlier, 
there, Matt. I was talking about how many independent studios that just happened and exist now since 2018. It's right. huge, you know? Yeah. And and the industry, uh, you know, I, I think it could go wrong, but the industry is looking really healthy right now. You know? And it's just yeah. becoming bigger and bigger every year. Well, so the, the sad thing about Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard King is they're really buying like four games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like four games that they would really be publishing. Yep. You know, like even though even though Activision Blizzard King owns all of these fucking franchises that they could do a lot of shit with, the the reality is they probably won't and that's that's the saddest thing about it. All right, ultimate you know? question. Final, this is the final thing to go around. Do are you thinking my bold prediction will be true? Yes or no? No. Uh, no, I don't think it goes through. I do think it goes through. I don't, I don't think that you're right. Evan. No, I think it'll go through. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll go through. Okay. All right. That's it's well, not a bold it, prediction it, if, if I'm it, standing if it, if on, it, my own, on my own on my own uh <laughs> Tiananmen Square, you know. All right. Like Microsoft uh, just uh, Microsoft if, just rolling out the cash. That's going to be a smile on your face for two weeks straight. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, I wonder if I can ask McWomble if there's a special reward if one of our bold predictions become correct. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you would like to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at Pixel underscore Pints or on Instagram at Pixel Pints Pod. We stream live every single weekend here at twitch.tv slash Pixel Pints. If you want to follow us, uh, we archive every single episode on YouTube. But we also archive it on podcasting services around the globe. Thanks, guys. Enjoy having you. Great way to put in the new year. Um, yeah. Because actually our last episode was not during the new year in America. So it is officially the first episode of 2023. And we started off with some hot takes. Hot takes. All right. And Burkoff, what do we say at the end of every episode? Uh, and on that note, we're out. Hell yeah, we are. Yeah, I think that was good. Good, uh, anticipations and good predictions.